Good morning, my friends. Welcome <clears throat> to this episode of Healing Your Codependency. I'm Marshall Bircher. Today, we're going to address the big topic of why do I care so much about what other people think? Because a lot of times we think we're supposed to not care about that. We're supposed to be all or nothing in that. Today, we're going to explore how we don't need to do that, what the purpose, well, various purposes are behind caring about what other people think of us, and what you can do instead help you find some peace and real connection and real safety in your relationships. So we're going to jumping into that today. Before they do that, I'm going to share this out to the community here real quick. The community is where you can find additional guidance, tools, and support from me and other students and other survivors, other codependents that are in the work of healing their codependency. The link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube. And now I'm going to put it in that group so everyone can see it. And voila. Okay. So, yes, good morning. Say hi. Uh, let me know if you're here in the comments below. You say hi down there. And uh, let me know your thoughts on today's episode. So, do you care about what other people think? Does this grip you? Does it control you? Does your mind obsess and ruminate over what other people are thinking, feeling, or perceiving about you? Is it just one person, or is it everyone, or is it a lot of people, or is it a group of people? If this is what's going on for you, you're normal. This is actually a really understandable, natural response to what we've been through. So, at the core of being concerned about how other people think, feel, and perceive us is our need for interdependency, our need for community, our need for belonging. And this concern is a natural concern that, that most of us have uh, because we're interdependent beings. We care about our relationships. We care about the people we're connected to. And we want to know how they're feeling and how they're thinking about us to determine if there's something that needs to be improved or corrected or changed, as well as to determine if we're actually safe in these connections. Now, in a healthy dynamic, let's say you were raised in a family or a culture system that supported individuality, that helped you develop warm, flexible attachments, and you built a sense of being secure and being who you are with others, then this concern about what other people think, feel, and perceive you as can be really small. Usually it's going to be localized to people that really matter to you, significant relationships and friendships and connections that way. But when the family home is unsafe, when the culture we grow up is unsafe, when we don't have a shelter where we can return to and be ourselves and be cared for and celebrated, seen and valued there, then everything becomes unsafe. And then our natural inclination, our natural concern about what other people think and feel about us becomes huge. Because now we're having to navigate and manage all these external factors in order to try to experience some sense of safety, some sense of connection, and some sense of value identity. It comes back to those three necessities that drive us in our lives. And when we don't have a safe shelter, a safe home, a safe uh, like community or family, the whole world becomes something we try to manage, and our brain becomes hypervigilant about what other people think, feel, and perceive about us because we've learned that those things can directly impact us, harm us, and hurt us. So how do we get out of this loop? What do we do to increase safety so that this isn't at play anymore? 
Now, this is a big journey. It's really the core journey of healing all codependency, and it starts with first differentiating ourselves from others, specifically differentiating our worth from others. So what do I mean by differentiation? Differentiation is the practice of distinguishing between things, what's the same, what's different, and what's the space between them. It's our ability to tell that, oh, Marshall's on the screen. That's not me. That's Marshall. He's got a tiny plant in the back, things like that. We do differentiation all the time. It's a normal, natural thing. But a lot of times, we have not internalized our sense of individuality and our sense of wholeness and personhood because we've been blended and enmeshed with others. We've had to blend and enmesh because that's one way we felt connection. Two, that's, one, that's a way we were able to become hyper-attuned to the individual so that we could regulate and navigate their emotional states so that we could raise a sense of safety in our world that way. And three, we didn't know what else to do. We were, as children, we're not born knowing who we are. We are going to take information and insight and input from the world around us. And when we feel threatened, and we can't escape the threat or neutralize the threat, then we're going to fawn. We're going to try to please and appease that threat. And we can do that by getting closer to them and trying to figure out what they want us to be and then try to be that. That's where people-pleasing and perfectionism show up. So that's what we're really wrestling with here is this survival impulse and how it's helped us survive the chaotic, unstable, and unsafe relationship dynamics we, li we have lived through. So how do we implement differentiation in this space? Well, first, we need to recognize, and I like to start with value. Once it's safe enough, we're really technically we always start with safety. We cultivate safety, cultivate it emotionally, physically, and relationally. And I like to start my students off with building a practice and helping soothe and care for the body and its tension so that we can start building capacity to access what we feel and navigate that and bring care to it. Once those are in place, we move towards the differentiation experience of defining our worth from others. We differentiate it, distinguish it from them. So now our worth, our safety, our connection is not defined and established and controlled by external factors. Instead, we're able to start resourcing it and accessing it within us. This level of differentiation helps us become more and more safe with ourselves, and more safe in our ability or safe in the world because we have the ability to say yes and no, to, to act in a way that would promote our physical well-being and move us into connection and relationship with people who are a better fit for us. So we're internally, we're going, oh, I have value, I have worth, and then I can detect that people, places, and things that fit me, that reflect back to me their respect and acknowledgement of that worth, and I can create warm connection there. This is our first step in becoming less concerned about what other people think because now, hey, if my worth isn't dependent on other people's points of view, much of our concern about what other people think drops significantly. And then it's going to become about, hey, um, I'm concerned about how they think and feel about me because I care about this connection with this person. I care about them and what we share. So now I want to understand that, check in with them, see what's going on. So we're not trying to get them get them to give us validation for our own worth. Instead, we're, we're more interested in 
hey, how are things functioning between us? How can we improve that? Is it working for us? Because we care about the connection. We care about the person. So that would be our first step in this journey of building in the connection to ourself of, hey, I've got value. The second step is to start um, checking in and building real connection with others that we really care about. So that would be addressing any kind of conflict or problems that are there and working towards compatibility and resolving misunderstandings or confusions in it, and as well as implementing a lot of play into the connection because that tends to promote and support intimacy, um, platonic and otherwise, and uh, it promotes this uh, connection with ourselves. And so through this practice of identifying people who are compatible for us, that we like and they like us, we build relational safety, which further lowers our concern about what other people think. Now, the third component in this is trust in ourself. Trust in our own value, trust in our own capability, trust in our wholeness. That way we're able to go into the world and do our thing our way. And when rejection and criticism show up, we're not skewed from ourselves. We're not thrown from ourselves. Instead, we're centered in ourselves and go, you know, while that might hurt or that might be sad, it doesn't pull me out of myself. It doesn't harm me. And I can do what I need to do in response to it if it's something that's harmful or threatening. But otherwise, you'd be like, yeah, they don't like me. And I can move on with my life. So we're not acting towards the world anymore from a sense of trying to get acceptance or approval. Instead, we start showing up in the world as who we are. And then we filter the people out that people, places, and things that come to us from that experience. So I'm doing my thing, and then people are like, oh, I don't like the thing you do. Okay, cool. But some people are like, I love the thing you do. And I'm like, okay, come on in. Let's learn more. That's what we're looking for. So things become more of a filter about compatibility, more people belong in our world, where we would like them to be, and if they can fit there, versus, oh, their rejection, their thoughts, their feelings, their perceptions of me define me in some way. So that's what we do here. That's how we become free of caring about what other people think in a way that controls our sense of self, defines our value. Instead, we evolve or grow into a place where we're like, well, I care about certain people's perspectives of me because I care about my connection with them. But I am secure in my own value. I trust in my own self. And I trust in my ability to create and build sustainable connection because I'm able to do it and I'm learning how to do it. So that's how we do it. Let me know your thoughts below on this today. As a takeaway or practice on this for you guys, <clears throat> I would start with the with the question. I love these what shifts questions because they give you a tangible start in the journey. And that is what shifts if I trust just a bit that my value, my worth is independent of other people's approval and rejection. And let's see what you discover there. So let me know in the comments below. Shani uh, shares, this is making sense. Why finding safety has been so uh, constant and persistent for me. There's never been safety to reference it. Yeah. Yeah. If we've never been safe, then we're, I can't really find it. So if we struggle with safety, we struggle with finding safety, the first place we can look is finding a safe physical location for us. So early on in my journey, I didn't have my own place. I lost it. I was living um, under the good graces of my sister, 
and so I didn't really have my own space. So I went out and I found it, and it was a green belt that was a couple of blocks away from where I was living. And I'd walk the green belt. I made that my safe space, even though there were other people there at times. In my mind, in my body, that was where things were safe for me. So I made that, and then I made the shower the safe place, because generally no one's going to walk in there, right? And so I would spend time there. I'd spend time on the green belt for a sense of physical safety. And in that space, I would allow my internal turmoil and pain and fear and anger to have a little more space, a little more shelter to just be. And that helped me build my internal emotional container of safety where whatever shows up can be felt, it can be understood, it can be cared for in a way that it needs and that works for it. So I'll start with that, find a safe location, and then you can make that a space where you can rest or allow emotions just to be, things of that nature. So thank you, my friends, for showing up for today's episode. Go out and play with this concept. Let's see what you discover as you experience the fact that you don't need to care about what other people think about you. Instead, you're going to find out what opinion, whose opinions and connections matter to you, and you can cultivate those things and free up that energy to go and invest and build a life that you want. So as well, just as a heads up, we have um, a new recording or a new a course starting March 12th. That's the healing, it's the essential healing codependency. Yeah, gosh, I'm me and my titles. <laughs> it's the Essential Codependency Healing Trainings. We start March 12th. It's eight weeks long. It's teaching you the fundamental essentials we need in order to succeed in our healing. So you're going to learn how to start cultivating safety, sanity, your own personal sovereignty and power, how to start cultivating trust in yourself, how to start knowing and loving and being who you are, and how to detect safe people and build resources in your world so link is above on facebook below on youtube and on the front page if you're listening via podcast come join us we start march 12th and we end may 7th so come jump in there so have a great day guys go safely with yourselves and i will see you on our next episode Bye bye